This week on Ridiculously Bored. I heard that your wife did not like you when she first met you. Yes, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Every once in a while, you'd see a log of floating by, like somebody took a dump in the water and it was like... Like Caddyshack. <laughs> yeah, was so bad. She's like, I was basically being nice to some f***ing loser from America who had no other friends. <laughs> Hello there, my name is David Michael. And I'm Michael Carter. And we are... Ridiculously bored. All right, we're back. <laughs> Episode 13, we had a little bit of a departure last week. We had a special guest, so we uh, we uh, did something a little bit different. Didn't keep with the normal cadence that we usually do, but we're back and ready to hit it up again. How are you doing, Michael? Good, good. Um, let's, let's talk about the week. So did you watch the Super Bowl? I did watch the Super Bowl. I did. I enjoyed it. Um, I am an AFC East Miami Dolphins fan, so uh, I never was a Tom Brady fan. However... It's hard to root against the goats, uh, and it's it's definitely hard to root against him when um, the entire Patriot Nation despises the fact that he's in the Super Bowl again with with half a team of former New England Patriots. So it's funny because I don't I don't necessarily I'm not a Patriots fan, right? I'm a Giants fan, but I joke that Giants really have nothing to worry about the Patriots because each time in the Super Bowl they beat them. <laughs> but the the issue is. Like, even if you're not a fan of him or the teams he's played on, like, you have to respect what he's done, oh, right? Yeah. That's the big thing, yeah. right? Seven out of 10. First of all, the number 10 is ridiculous, mm -hmm. but winning actually seven out of them, it's just, it's crazy. Well, the, the statistic that just blows my mind is he's played 20 seasons. Half of those seasons, 10 of them, he's played in the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. like, it's 50% on the Super Bowl, which is... You know, ask anyone, ask Dan Marino, ask, you know, any of the legendary quarterbacks how hard it is to get to the Super Bowl, let alone win it. And yes. he's done it in half of the seasons that he's played and he's not done. So my, my favorite stat was if you're a betting man, you you got better chance of Tom Brady making the Super Bowl than Steph Curry, who is the greatest three pointer shooter ever of him making a three. <laughs> like, how crazy is that stat? <laughs> That's crazy. Because his percentage is in the 40s. I saw a really good so. meme last week, too. It said, um, Dallas Cowboys number of NFC West or number of NFC championships since 2001, zero. <laughs> Tom Brady, number of NFC championships since 2001, one. Number of years Tom Brady was in the NFC, <laughs> one. <laughs> That's great. I hate Dallas. Um, <laughs> which, which leads me to actually some, it's not actually a technical correction, but we ripped half of the country last week. Oh, we did. So oh, man. We, we'd like to welcome back those listeners, hopefully, from all, the back. <laughs> from all the different we, places. We'd like to apologize to the people of Florida, Sacramento, Phoenix, Boston, uh, Philly, Philly, San Antonio, <laughs> D.C. San Antonio. <laughs> Yeah, last week was a rough week for the U.S. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite line of last week was you going, "The bars suck, the people suck, <laughs> fuck you, Philly." 
I'm like, that was so random and so uncalled for. Listen to episode 12 if anybody's interested in the rest of the story. <laughs> and then you proceeded to go, we had the best time of our life. Oh, we, had we went the other way. Right, instead of a left. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, as you said, episode 13, Marino was number 13. I know you have affinity for him and his number. I do. It's weird. In the U.S., 13 is considered an unlucky, an unlucky number. number yeah. But Italians actually consider it a lucky number. And so I'm it's, Italian. So, it's weird, yes. So therefore, I think it works. Don't, isn't uh, isn't the number seven, which is typically in Vegas, like a lucky number, isn't it an unlucky number for like Asians? Four is unlucky number because oh, I guess it sounds like death. Oh. Three and eight are extremely lucky numbers because it sounds like money and wealth. Mm. Um, so much so that like if you go into a building in like in China or Hong Kong where I've been with my wife, mm -hmm. they, um, most they're on fourth floors. So it's one, two, three, five. Well, ironically, in the U.S., um, particularly in New York, a lot of high-rise, uh, a lot of those um, buildings in Manhattan, they don't have a 13th floor. They go straight from 12 to 14. Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and every once in a while, you see that on a plane, too. I like the fact that my pilot is superstitious. That bothers me a little. Right? <laughs> hopefully, the guy's not using black magic to fly this plane. He's actually using science and technology. Uh, but, I, I mean, people sure. People get so weird about planes, too. And, like, you know, like like luck is going to save you in, in the uh, in the event of some, you know, tragedy. My One of my favorite quotes from a comedian, and I forgive you, forgive me for not remembering who said this, but uh, it had to be, like, Chris Rock or Eddie Murphy or one of those guys, but... Um, you know, they're they're in a plane and they're like, look, I'm not worried about whether or not it's my time to go. I'm worried about whether it's the motherfucker sitting next to me. <laughs> <laughs> or the pilots. <laughs> so how was your week other than the Super Bowl? Um, week was crazy. Um, a couple of things that happened this week. Uh, bought a new car, which, um, you know, as as you you may well know, I absolutely hate the car buying experience because I get myself all worked up before I even get onto the lot because I know I'm preparing myself for the, the back and forth that is car buying in America. And yeah, the uh, lying convention that is called <laughs> car buying. Yeah. And just, I, I just, it's the, it's the gamesmanship, the one upsmanship. I just hate it's the game, you know, okay. All right, let me go talk to my manager. And then why don't you stay here and give me your keys and we'll look at your your trade in. And then they hold on to your keys so you can't walk off the lot. And then, oh yeah, all right. Well, what if we come down two hundred instead of four hundred or this? Or let me go talk to my manager again. And you know damn well the dude's in the back like filing his nails or something. It's, it's just a stupid game that I He's in the back putting your keys down his pants. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> the episodes nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. <laughs> One through twelve, thirteen onwards. You can see any of those. <laughs> I just, I just don't like the, the whole game that is car buying. Um, but it, you know, this experience was actually kind of funny because it kind of went in with a, you know, I'd done all the research and I went in with a number in my mind and you know, the first number they came back back with was just not even close. So I'm like, look, just give me my keys. That's not even, we're not going to get there in, in the next hour or two. So, right. cause you're so far off. And he's like, well, you know, what, what number do you want to see? And I said, look out the door, this is the price that I'm willing to pay. And he's like, all right, well, I don't think I can do that, but I'll go ask. So he goes in and he comes back in like 30 seconds. He's like, all right, it's your lucky day. Like, we can do it. 
Yeah. And, and see, then and in my why, mind, I'm like, shit, I should have asked for more. <laughs> yeah. And did he say to you, I'm losing money on this deal? Because that's the one that really gets me when they say that at the end. Just so you know, he didn't. But the manager, when he came back with the number and I realized that it was that easy, I kind of asked for more. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and what they ended up doing was they ended up giving me a lot more for my trade in in order to make it a better deal for me, mm-hmm. which fine. However you want to crunch the numbers, you do it. But you know, I, I, as long as we, this is the number that I walk out the door with and, yeah. and I got it and then some, and I was very happy with it. But yeah, the, uh, the manager came out and he's like, like, you're lucky. It's my first day on the job, dude. Cause there's no way I'm giving away this car for this amount of money to anybody else. I'm like, I'm like, come on. I know the game, me. dude. Like you don't have to play the bullshit with me. Yeah. So I'll tell you three quick stories about car deals. Um, One, in this COVID environment, my wife and I last year, we actually got two new cars. Her car was up. My car was up. And so the second car was in the dead of COVID. So that one was even easier to like call dealerships and be like, hey, look, I'm looking to buy this car. This is exactly what I want. What price can you give me? If you do that in a normal environment, some of them push back. But in COVID, they know you can't go in. So all of them were giving me prices. Mm -hmm. So I got to a point where I got what I considered the best price I possibly could. And then I went to the local dealer near me and I had met him once. So I sent him an email and I said, look, this is what I'm looking to do. And I marked off like another 500 bucks off the price. And I said to him, I said, look, just be respectful of mine and your time. If you can't do it, just tell me. I'm fine with it, but just tell me. So he's like, no, we can do it. And so that was probably one of the easier experiences I've had. I did all my research, did all the, you know, Edmonds and the blue book and all that kind of shit before I went in. So, I, and I got what I wanted. My car before that, I went to a dealership. And like you, I think the guy was relatively new, like this manager saying, oh, my first day. Um, I, th- I thought I got an amazing deal. So much so, the guy got fired the next day. <laughs> so <laughs> I think he actually really did do something wrong. Because I went back about two weeks later at that time. This is about three years ago. And now my wife's car was expiring too. So I went back and I said, hey, look, I, I don't feel like doing all this research shit again. Why don't you just give me another car for the same price I just paid for this one? And they're like, well, uh, that dealer is no longer here. We fired him. And we're not only can we not meet that, but if we were to give you the same car right now, it's $100 more a month. Oh, and I'm like, yeah. oh, that's crazy. So yeah. I think that guy actually fucked up. <laughs> that's good. Third one, third one was me and this guy were negotiating hardcore on a lease. And I don't remember the dollar amount that it was what I was looking for. But as an example... He came to me and he was like, look, absolute best price. I know you wanted better. And I always used to say, like, if I thought the car was should be 500 bucks, I would be like, you got to give it to me for 480 a month. And then we'd fight a little bit. And sometimes they'd come in around 500, a couple dollars plus, a couple dollars more. But it, it got us to that point. So I knew they were really doing the best they could in this deal, even though they were still lying to me. Guy comes back finally on a three-year lease and he's like, I can do it for 500 bucks a month. So I said, okay. Uh, you need to go back and get it for $4.99 a month. And he's like, what? I said, yeah, yeah. I need to feel I've won this negotiation. <laughs> you now need to go back and get it for $4.99 a month. So he's like, uh, I'm pretty sure they'll do that. He's like, but let me go ask. They so came back and he was like, yeah, they said yes. <laughs> do you so literally, know, I got that $1 off. Yeah, do you know that the most profitable person in the entire dealership is the F&I person? As soon as you... you, you you do the deal and you sign off and you say, yeah, we have a deal. And they send you back to the finance office. Mm-hmm. That person is profit wise, the most profitable person because they're the one that tries to upsell you on the warranties yes. and 
hey, we got clear coat and oh, we can get this, uh, you know, this extra warranty that covers any nicks and scratches on a lease so that when you return the car, you don't owe us anything and all that stuff. That person is is the most um, profitable person in the dealership. That doesn't surprise me because they always have a story. So my guy said to me on a lease, my, both of our new cars are, mm-hmm. are financed to own. On the last couple, we've always leased them. And the guy said to me, look, you know, you have leather seats, but for $300, we can put this special protection on it that the color won't fade. And I'm like, that really sounds like your problem, not mine. <laughs> I go, because in three <laughs> years, the color's yeah. not going to fade. <laughs> so the guy's like, yeah, well, we prefer that people get it because it does hold the value of the car. Then I said, and that sounds it. like something you should be throwing in. Yes. Then <laughs> I said, you can tell me if you want to throw it in or not, but I'm not paying for it. Yeah. So we ended up, you know, the guy's trying to upsell me on an extended warranty, which I had decided beforehand that I didn't want. And, um, and surprisingly, it was a lot cheaper. Usually they're like, you know, at least, you know, three or, you know, they may be between 1500 and three grand for an extended warranty. Um, and I'm just like, no, dude, no. And he just keeps coming back and I'm like, dude, you're wasting your time and you're wasting my time. And he's like, all right what if I knock another 500 bucks off the price of the car? And I'm like, how about you do that anyways? <laughs> and keep your fucking warranty. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he's like, he's like, all right. And then he takes 500 bucks off the price of the car. And I'm That's like, great. oh, okay. And then he's like, and here's the new price of the warranty. And he goes, I'm like, all right, I'm going to buy the warranty now. Cause now it's like, now I can't afford not to take it because he's taken like a thousand dollars off the price between the price off the car and the price off the warranty. And I'm like, fine. It doesn't surprise, you know, I never thought about it, but it doesn't surprise me that you mentioned that because that person sitting there is truly just upselling you Oh, shit. it's well, and it's all profit, right? Warranties rarely ever get used. And when they do get used, it's, you know, it it's not, there's rarely a hard cost to it, right? It's usually labor that is 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 where mm-hmm. the hard cost to a warranty is. Parts, yeah, there's a cost to parts, but let's be realistic, they're buying all that shit from China anyways. So, I mean, it's it's at a heavily discounted price. They're buying at Which such a great volume. Where I bought my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so, let me tell you a story. This week, we got pounded with snow here. We're up to about, in seven days, we're up to about three feet of snow that we've gotten. Wow, that's crazy. So, it's yeah, it's a lot. And... Over a day, it was 18, 20 inches. Then the next day was another five or six. And then over the weekend, we got a few more. So it's just been coming on left and right. And we went outside and we've gotten, so we've, we've as we were younger, we only had sleds, right? Not to mention, we also usually had the metal sleds, which by the way, I still have one in my garage. When my parents sold the house, that was my like one souvenir from the old house. I'm like, I'm going to take this Was it sled. one of like the round ones or is it one of like the, the radio no, flyer it's, ones? It's, yeah, it's the radio flyer. Yeah. It's not like a flying saucer. It's a yeah. radio flyer. Rusted the shit out of it, but <laughs> of like I still have it in my garage. <laughs> so we've upgraded to inner tubes, right? One of my cousins mentioned to me, and I was like, you know what? There's a great fucking idea. Mm-hmm. We have a great hill in the backyard. We got inner tubes. So you go fast on them, right? And, and if you're not paying attention, all of a sudden you're two towns away. <laughs> like that's how much <laughs> speed you could pick up on them. And my daughter was standing behind me, and I didn't know she was that close. And I kind of fell into the inner tube and headbutted her full force on her face. Oh, geez. And she tried not to cry. She was pretty good about it to start. And then the tears started coming, and I felt absolutely horrible. So um, that, that was my weave. I actually headbutted my daughter. 
Well, that's kind of crazy. The other thing that happened this week for me was um, I go over to my dad's and uh, he's been taking these eye drops. He's got, you know, he's got to put two, two drops in the morning and two drops at night, two different medications for his, uh, he's got glaucoma on both eyes. Yeah, so the I go flavored over, eye drops, as he told yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what episode that was, but yeah, he did taste them at one point. <laughs> and um, so I go over there this week and uh, he's like, He's like, somebody stole my eye drops. And I'm like, Dad, you got a TV, 40-inch TV right in front of the door. Anybody's going to steal anything, they're going to take your TV. They're not going to take, they're not going to break into or your apartment. Or possibly they really did need the eye drops because <laughs> they couldn't see the fucking TV on the wall. <laughs> the TV's not even on the wall. It's like like sitting there on like a like a table. Like they could easily just unplug it, boot, and walk out with it. Anyways, Especially I'm like, the weight right, of these that, new whatever. TVs. Yeah. So, um, so I'm like, I, I don't know what happened to your eye drops. He's like, yeah, somebody, somebody came and took them. So I spent the next half hour tearing his apartment apart, looking for the eye drops. Can't find the eye drops. I'm like, all right, I guess, I guess I got to order new eye drops from, from, you know, the, the pharmacy. So, um, so that was the end of that. He calls me today and he's like, yeah, I found the eye drops. And I was like, where were they? I turned the entire apartment upside down. He said they were in the dishwasher. <laughs> I said, you know what? That makes sense because that is the one place that I did not think to look was in the dishwasher. And, and logically, it's understandable that you didn't. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, you you must have put them in there. Uh, you know when you know when you know uh, you were cleaning stuff and maybe they fell in and and you forgot it because they were sitting right on the counter, right above the the dishwasher. He's like, oh no, I didn't put them in there. Somebody, somebody came in and put them in the dishwasher. I'm like, duh, who the fuck's going to walk into your apartment, walk past the TV, walk into your kitchen, take the drops, put them in the dishwasher, close the door and walk out and not take anything else. How, how valuable does he think these eye drops are? <laughs> well, they're, they're probably the most expensive thing in his, in his entire apartment because <laughs> they're not cheap. But thankfully, he's got, you know, fairly good VA insurance. So, uh, so they're, they're covered. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it's just pretty funny. And then the only other thing we did, we took the RV out this weekend and, um, and went and stayed at, uh, on our friend's property up north. So that was, it's kind of fun that, you know, we have some friends that have enough land where, you know, you can bring an RV and park it. And it's not like a big deal. Um, so it's kind of fun. They live like an hour north of us. So it's kind of fun that we can just go out there and, you know, we can drink all night long and not have to worry about driving home. You know, we just kind of stumble into the RV, shut the door and then go to bed and then drive home the next morning. So that's a use that I never really thought I would use the RV for. I thought I would always be like driving somewhere far away and then, you know, camping for the weekend. A mobile sobriety unit. That's right. So i got a question. Not being an RV guy, right? The little that I know about them is you usually go to some sort of campground, pull out the hose for the toilet, pull out the electricity, plug all that shit in. What do you do on a night like this where you're just staying at your friend's property that doesn't have all those type of connections? Yeah, it's called, uh, it's called either dry camping or boondocking. Um, so the RV is essentially a self-contained unit. If you, there's a, there's a freshwater tank. Um, there's a gray water tank, which is like, think of like shower water and sink water. And then there's a black water tank, which is like the toilets, right? So um, those tanks, they are what they are, right? So as long as you fill up the fresh water tank, you've got a fully functioning, you know, unit that has running water and you can flush water and you can take showers if you have enough water. 
And then everything else just dumps into a tank and you just go dump it. Um, the electricity is the only real problem, but it's, you know, most RVs have a generator built in, you know, it's a uh, gas power generator. It actually is tied into the fuel tank of the vehicle. So you don't even need to fill it up separately. It'll actually take fuel from the, the actual fuel tank. So um, you run the generator for a few hours, it charges up all the batteries and then the batteries can power just about everything in the RV with the exception of like the AC unit, which takes just a ton of power. But if you're not using the AC, which we're not because it's winter, um, you know, you could run the, uh, the entirety of the RV with heat and everything for like six hours on one battery charge. Yeah, that's not bad. Like, yeah, like I said, I have just no idea about any of that. No. So I have, a, I have a question for you. So you know when you go to a hotel, and this has nothing to do with your RV, but it is a good segue. You go to a hotel because the um, towels get cleaned every day. You kind of use the towel, dry yourself off, throw it on the ground. They, they change it when they, do, they clean the room. At home, you tend not to do that every day, right? Towels you usually use two or three days mm-hmm. type thing unless, you know, maybe you're sweating like an animal or something, but you use them for a couple of days. Do you feel, and I'll answer my question in a second, but do you feel that a towel has a side? I mean, technically a towel, a towel, <laughs> technically <laughs> a towel has two sides. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I use a towel, it's not like one side gets wet and the other side doesn't, right? I mean, towel's wet, it's wet on both sides. So no, not really. All right. So I find this amazing. My wife keeps track of which side of the towel she uses for what. (laughs) So one side of the towel she only uses for her hair, the other side of the towel she uses for her body. And then the way she puts it on the rack is so she knows like, oh, that inside one is the hair side or that inside one is the body side. So if like, let's say we're in the bathroom and she forgets to grab the towel before she gets in the shower, she asked me to grab it for her. And then she's like, you have to put it on the hook this way so I know which side is which. <laughs> so I just, it, it's one of those things, I have never given a thought to the towel no. having a side. Does I she use know it, that I wet she's my body off. To you? Does she remember that she's married to you and that you would like purposely go in there and swap sides of the towel? <laughs> just Every once in a while I say that to her and she's like, that's not funny. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, goes, you know, last, last night I actually flipped a towel around on you and I didn't tell you. She's like, that's not funny. <laughs> I will tell her this. Um, she, I, I do like, so when I use a towel, I do my hair and then I flip it and then I do my body. I never use the same side in one, you know, kind of, shower mm-hmm. setting right but once i put it back on the rack i, I don't know which side i used yeah. so you know the yeah, i don't think i don't think i even pay attention at all i think mm-hmm. i just use it like i don't even know if i'm flipping the towel around i'm, I'm not paying attention to yeah. it i think i think in my mind when i dry my hair off there's hair falling out and getting onto that side and i don't want that hair to get onto my body which is still wet so I turn it around and I use the other side for my body. I don't know. In my mind, it makes sense. It's probably stupid. Yeah, That's why David wears a hat. See a previous episode if you're interested in that story. All <laughs> <laughs> of his hair is falling out all over the rest of his body. <laughs> my hair is not falling all out. But uh, yeah, I'm sure in the next 20 years, I'll go bald. Um, all right. So I, f- I found out something recently and I thought it was rather interesting. Um. And so I'm just, I'd like to hear your version of the story because I, I just heard a brief version of it from your wife, oh, but I heard that your wife did not like you when she first met you. Yes, <laughs> that's <is> true. <laughs> um, so work David and play David are two completely 
diametrically opposed human beings. They don't even coexist in the same realm. Um, at work, I am usually fairly straightforward and direct. Um, I've been doing what I do for a very long time, so I'm very confident in my ability to do that job and to make the right decisions. So, um, and I'm also Italian from New York, so I'm not afraid to tell people how I think things should be done and uh, why I'm right. Uh, and not why I think I'm right, why I'm right. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so my wife and I, when we met, we had worked together and um, I was in charge of all of IT and web development for an ad agency. And she was a, uh, a like a client service um, account manager. So she would manage some of our clients. And typically we would work together in that she needed my team to do stuff for her clients. And, um, you know, we had a, we had a, a method to the madness and sometimes the, the account managers didn't always follow the method. She was actually pretty good, but some of her colleagues were, were pretty poor at it. And if, if they didn't, you know, we had a process and if they didn't follow the process, I wasn't, I wasn't afraid to tell people to their face or in front of other people why I felt like, you know, it's their fault that that client's not going to not going to be happy with us because they didn't follow the process that we had established and agreed upon. <laughs> so how frequently do you think the, ta- the term at work comes up of David and Dick in the same sentence? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure most of the, uh, the, the people on her team were not a fan of me when uh, when when I had worked there. But again, I've been doing this for a long time, so and and I was probably ten or fifteen years older than most of the people in, in that department, so it was uh, it was an interesting dynamic. But I mean, it was one of those, you know, one of those things where, yeah, I'm direct during the day, but as soon as five o'clock hits and it's happy hour time and we all go to the bar and we drink, I'm everybody's pal. You know what I mean? So um, I think once she got to know that side of me and she was like, oh, wow, he's really not that bad. Uh, I think I, I eventually won her over. But uh, but yeah. yeah. And now she's back to thinking you're a dick. No, <laughs> so it's funny that you mentioned that work, David, and, and outside of work, David, right? As I'm sure you know, GQ, mm-hmm. I, I won't talk to him at work. Like he is such an asshole at work because he's all business all the time. Even if you have to call him for something, it's very rare that I'll call him during the day. And nowadays, you don't really call much anyway. You just send him a text. But yeah, I won't talk to him during the day at work because I just think he's so different with how he responds and dealing with things. And it's just not worth it to me. Yeah. Well, it's, I totally believe that because I've never worked with him. But when he worked at the comic store that you also worked at and that I frequented quite often, um, he was a total dick to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I hated him. I mean, like we hated each other. We could not tolerate each other for the first, I don't know, five years that we knew each other. It wasn't until we hung out outside of the the comic store that we actually developed a, a friendship and, and could get along. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so I talked about when you first met your wife, I'll talk about with mine. So when I first landed in Australia, literally a week later, um, my wife came to drink of the week, right? That's what the used, the firm used to call it. Every week, a different manager would sponsor, and I don't remember if I've told this story before, they would sponsor about an hour's worth of alcohol. So was she the a friend of someone that you worked with? She's a friend of a friend. So the intention of this hour of drinks was you go, you have a drink, you get to know the people you work with, 
you leave <clears throat> and, you know, you had a drink, maybe two drinks. What it became was people going, I'm going to invite all my friends and we're going to pound the shit out of this bar tab for an hour, get <laughs> hammered and right. take full advantage of this. And my wife being cheap, that was in her wheelhouse. So <laughs> we met, I met her through her friend. I met her a week after I got there. And then a couple weeks later, we went to a rugby game. She was there as well. And that's the first time I got to kind of talk to her a little bit more and stuff like that. So we hit it off well enough that I was like, oh, like, and then she was talking about this fish market. There's a massive fish market in Sydney, right? They're on the water everywhere. It's a big deal. You go there. It's all this super fresh um, seafood that they serve and you kind of keep, kind of eat outdoors. So we started talking about that and she's like, oh yeah, I love that place. Um, if you want to go one weekend, let me know. I'll meet you there. You know, we'll go for it. So I was like, oh, great. So to me, I thought that would be, that's our first date, right? We're going to go. We're like kind of, that's what it felt like to me. Like it was a date. It was an invitation. It wasn't just a uh, friendly passing because I didn't really know her that well. I thought it was kind of a date because we, like I said, we had hit it off well enough. I found out many years later, actually, <laughs> that it was not what I thought was our first date. It was not a date. <laughs> and it's funny because I would bring it up and like, I couldn't understand. I'm like, well, I don't know why you didn't think it was a first date. And she's like, it was not a first date. She's like, I was basically being nice to some fucking loser from America who had no other friends. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but it was many years later that i actually found that out uh, and then what actually became our first date our truly our first date and that one was extremely clear was a date like that was one of those like her into submission yes like are you gonna cry are you gonna cry <laughs> please no one report me to uh oh, wife Jesus. abuse it was not literally oh, <laughs> so we we finally set the uh plans to go out and we go out to uh the movies and she swears to this day that she didn't do it on purpose. I swear to this day that she did. There was a friend of hers there at the movie theater. And my view is that was like her escape plan if she wasn't having a good time. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, it was a total coincidence, total right. coincidence she happened to be there. But, and it's not this far, but it would be like, <laughs> it would be like somebody from Boston showing up at a New York City movie theater. That's like, <laughs> it was a good enough distance that it, it was surprising that that other person was there. Right. So that's actually how I met my my first wife and how our date, my wife and how our date started. <laughs> so yeah. Am I going to have to edit out the part where you called your wife cheap, or is that is that okay to stay in? It depends on the day. <laughs> she says it. She knows it. She says it once in a while, but every once in a while, I'll say it once too many times, and she does not appreciate it. All right. So, so we'll I, see. I got to ask the question. Um, because we've had this conversation before about how maybe your wife doesn't think you're as funny as you think you are. Um, does does she watch the podcast every week? She in the beginning, I was asking her to watch it like for feedback. I'm mm -hmm. like, hey, I, I you know you know us the well really well, both of us. Give us pros, give us cons. Let us know what we're doing right. Well, let us know what we're not. And so the first couple she watched, and then she claimed that it felt like a job, like I was making it a job for her. <laughs> So she listens to him as, in her words, when she feels like listening to him now. Got it. So she gets to him eventually, but it's not on the top of her list. It also doesn't help that, as with everybody right now in, in COVID and pandemic, she doesn't, she's not in the car a lot. In general, her commute to work is pretty short anyway. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't really have the time to listen to it a lot, nor, nor do I really think she has the desire. <laughs> <laughs> Again, she doesn't think we're as funny as we think we are. <laughs> Or is entertaining. No. And, and it goes back to, and this sounds so arrogant, so it's not meant this way. But again, I, I've said before, 
I think I'm funny. <laughs> and I've had other people tell me they think I'm funny. I think she's around me so much that she's gotten just used to how I am. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost irrelevant to her. Like, right. yeah, that's how you are. Just go over there. <laughs> like, <laughs> I understand that's how you are. Just go over there. So, <laughs> she tolerates <almost> you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty funny. My wife listens too. I almost think she listens, hoping that I'll slip up and tell something that she, some story that she hasn't heard before. <laughs> um, but I'm pretty much an open book, so I don't think I really have any secrets. Does Does your wife at all talk to you about how, like, hey, I know these stories, so it's not really new to me? Because that's why my wife's like, there's no real rush for me to listen to these. She's like, I've heard all these stories before. So, um, you know what, she. One of the reasons why she enjoys the podcast is because a lot of times you and I tell stories, like I don't go around saying, here's all the stuff that Mike and I did when we were kids. If you a, should, but go ahead. <laughs> if a conversation <laughs> comes up and it's relevant and I remember it, I'll be like, oh yeah, you know, this happened when I was a kid. So um, so a lot of the stories that she hears us talk about are, are new to her just because it just Either I didn't remember to, to tell her or it never, you know, an opportunity never came up. I'm not just, you know, out there forcing people to listen to my stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like you said, I think that's the other thing is even now, like over these last 12, 13 episodes, we'll tell a story and that reminds us of something else. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, I haven't fucking thought about that in 20 years, like at all. Yeah. like Let the, alone told my wife about the it. The egg story. I don't remember yeah. how we got onto it, but I hadn't thought about that probably because I tried to block it out of my memory because it was so (laughs) traumatic, but I hadn't thought about that in years. So when it came up, that wasn't something that I've ever really told my wife or my kids or anything like that. So they were like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that and got caught. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, My son lately has been trying to listen to the podcast. He's Mm -hmm. been asking me about him. What's the site, things like that. And I'm like, I still, I think he's still too young for it. I'm trying to avoid it, but Look, he has his own account. He has his own YouTube. You know, he has his own Mm -hmm. iPhone. If he wants to start downloading stuff, there's nothing I'll be able to do about it. I think my daughter gets a kick out of it um, because she's older. She's almost 20. Um, I think my son's embarrassed by it. I think he's like, (laughs) oh, God, you're so cringy. (laughs) Um, So what is the drink of the week this week? Uh, Well, I am not feeling on my top game so i've been actually had a headache and and have been nauseous most of the day and i'm exhausted so i don't think it's the rona but um i am not drinking alcohol tonight i am drinking a red edition red bull which is watermelon flavor which if you've ever had a watermelon or yeah watermelon jolly rancher that's exactly what the red bull red edition tastes like so it's actually pretty damn good so now that clearly you got COVID, do you believe it's real? <laughs> <laughs> I've always believed it's real. <laughs> the last you know couple of funerals Dew? I've gone to have showed me that it's real. Mountain Dew has a red version now also that is watermelon flavored as well. I had it this weekend for the first time. The problem really weird. that I have with Mountain Dew is I only drink diet soda. Um, regular soda is just too sweet for me, uh, which is ironic because I'm drinking here a, a regular basically energy drink. But... Um, I can't, I can't do, they don't, they don't come out with diet versions of all these like crazy Mountain Dew flavors. And I love Mountain Dew. Diet Mountain Dew is one of my favorite, you know, um, sodas, but you know, they'll come out with like a live wire crush or something like that. That's like orange flavored Mountain Dew. And I'm like, that's awesome. I would love that. I'm not drinking it unless it's diet though. And they never come out with a diet version. So 
you'd be happy to hear this. The watermelon one is Mountain Dew Zero. Oh, really? So it actually oh, is a So diet. that I yeah. would actually try then. We'll see. We'll have to check it out. So a few episodes ago, and obviously with Hot Chocolate being on last week, it kind of threw off the schedule a little bit. So I don't remember what episode we talked about it. But we had talked somewhere along the way about a Disney trip or something like that. And you said, as a, almost a throwaway, <laughs> I almost drowned in Disney. I'll yeah. talk about that someday. What happened in, in I Disney? Meant, I meant to talk about it that episode, and then we just got carried away, and it never came back up, so I forgot about it. Um, so my recollection is a little bit fuzzy. Um, so most of what I remember, because I was like, I don't know, like maybe six or seven years old, maybe eight years old at the most. We had uh, gone down to Disney World in Florida from New York with some family friends. And I remember us staying at a hotel. And apparently I wasn't old enough to know how to swim. Uh, we didn't you know, have a pool, so I didn't really have the opportunity to learn how to swim. And um, I remember being at a hotel and being unsupervised out by the hotel pool. And I also remember looking into the water and seeing what I thought was a $20 bill or some dollar bill at the bottom of the water. So I think I went to reach for it and then just fell in and went straight to the bottom. And apparently um, one of the guys that was, you know, the husband of the family that we were with happened to be walking by right at that moment and then reached in or jumped in and grabbed me and got me out. So, um, but uh, the way they were, I think they were overselling it a little bit. The way they were saying it was like, I almost died. In my mind, you screwed up my only opportunity to get money from the bottom of the pool because <laughs> that was the end of it. They pulled me out and then dragged me away. And I'm like, no, no. But, uh, but yeah, apparently that was, that was the story. I mean, I, I, again, I remember looking into water and I remember seeing what I thought was money at the bottom of the pool. And then, you know, I fell in and, and somebody came and got me. Greed will kill you. <laughs> so the only, my story related to water and an amusement park is a little bit different. No, there's no risk of drowning here. I'll start there. I'll get that out of the way. But as I've mentioned before, my, my parents don't You're not find me talk funny. about golden showers again, are you? No, no, no. Okay, good. No. no. Uh, tune in next week. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, as I've mentioned before, my parents don't find me funny. They're also not big jokers either. Like, it's it's actually funny now as an adult. Sometimes my dad will tell stories that are, like, pretty funny. And I'm like, like where was this when I was a kid? So you called them and, a racist in front of one of your best friends. What would make you possibly think that they would ever find you funny? <laughs> yeah, check episode 12 for that story. <laughs> Um, so we went to Canada. We used to go, as I mentioned before, whenever we did the vacations was always to see family somewhere. And we went to Canada. And while we were there, we went to their version of Great Adventure. I don't remember what it was called. Um, it's like Dream World or Ocean World or something like that. And there's a part where as soon as you get in, there was like a, a fountain and everybody would sit around it, like kind of while you were getting everything ready, regrouping, planning. And start of the day, I was sitting on that, and my dad just walked by and pushed me into it. And it wasn't a water park. <laughs> it was like regular rides and roller coasters and stuff, and he just pushed me into it. So, and like that, like, again, looking back on it, that's really funny. That is so out of character for my dad. <laughs> so, and it wasn't because I was being a wise ass and he wanted to push me into the water. He just <laughs> walked by, thought it would be funny, and he did it. So, <laughs> that was my version of a, a water story, which didn't involve trying to find a 20. Yeah. I remember 
growing up, we used to go to, was it Saxon Woods? Mm-hmm. And then Sprain Ridge. There was two like community pools that were huge that we would always go to. Um, but they were like absolutely disgusting. Like every once in a while, you'd see a log of shit floating by. Like somebody took a dump in the water and it was like... Like caddy shit. <laughs> yeah, it was so bad. Yeah. Um, we went maybe 10 or 15 years ago. My nephew was up from... Um, he spent the summer up here one year, so maybe 12 years ago. And my dad wanted to take him to a pool. So we, we went to Saxon Woods and I hadn't been there since we were kids. And the, the place was like so trashy. And one thing I remember, which is pretty funny, was there was a lady there who was dressed as if she was in the Riviera. <laughs> she had on like the gold, big gold earrings, the gold sunglasses, like a really really tight bathing suit where it's jammed in her ass and i'm like what what's going on here like this is a community pool near white plains new york what does she think is happening here so that's the that's the last time i was at saxon woods and i really have no reason to go yeah i just i i don't remember having i remember being excited to go there at the time when we were younger because it was you know like a car ride and we would get out of the neighborhood but i just remember it being absolutely disgusting all right. Um, one of the questions that I've been meaning to ask you, because we always end up on the to- on the the conversation of or the topic of you know ex girlfriends and whatnot. One of the one of the things I've been meaning to ask you is uh, how far would you go to get revenge on an ex girlfriend? And this isn't the I one think- crazy question. I, I'm I'm bringing this up because a friend of mine told me this story, and I have to tell it. But I, I'm curious to know how far you would go. How far I would go is different than how far I've gone. Like, I haven't done anything crazy to any ex-girlfriends, right? Like, I haven't... I mean, the the worst thing is probably friend them on Facebook just so I can see what's going on. Like, that's it. Um, I haven't done anything crazy. How far would I go? I have no idea. Like, there was never... Here, here's the thing. It's also one of the reasons why I think partly why one, my relationships tended to be about six months at a time. Two factors. One... I think I was myself from the beginning, and I think the girls got a little bit more comfortable and started changing, um, and then molding into what they were going to be. And I didn't like that new version. Um, but I, I had never felt like when I was dating someone, most people was if like, "Oh, this girl leaves me tomorrow, I'm going to mm-hmm. be so upset." I was like, "Okay, bye. Like, I'll I'll find somebody else. I'll move on to the next one." Type thing. So I haven't done anything crazy. Have you done anything crazy before you tell this friend story? Uh, no. Again, I mean, I'm friends with most of my exes. We've never even, you know, the worst breakups always ended up being friends. So I've never been in a contentious situation where I don't think I would ever just like, you know, want to get revenge on anyone. But, uh, but a buddy of mine is, was dating this girl and, uh, he's older, uh, empty nester, recently divorced, and kind of re-entering the dating world. And I, I have a couple of friends that are like this, and I absolutely love them because dating right now, from what I gather, is fucking nuts. Hmm. Absolutely batshit crazy fucking nuts. Like, with all well, the technology... Go ahead. Yeah, and you're adding in somebody... So just the... I don't know this person, but just the couple pieces you've said. Empty nester, which means they're a little older. Uh-huh. Recently divorced, which means odds are they they were married at least 20-something years. So 
they could, they could have been married before like email was a thing, right? That's one. Oh yeah, one. Let alone cell phones yeah. and the way we can text nowadays yeah. and, and yeah, pictures so, and stuff like that. And that's that. where I'm going with this. The dating world has changed so drastically different. Um, but you know, at least for guys, I don't know about for women. I can't speak to that. But at least for guys, in a good way, in that you know the traditional thing to do if you were a guy was you had to, you know, go to a bar or go somewhere and meet people and then make the first move. And, you know, you had to kind of like get yourself gamed up to go out and, you know, win the prize, right? Which, you know, would be hopefully someone that you can, you can date and fall in love with. Nowadays, between like Tinder and all these apps and stuff, I mean, for the, for a while, he was just like dating a new girl every week, and every one of them he would show me, and I'm like, okay, yeah, she looks like a model, she looks like a model, like great, great on you, like you're you're doing fantastic, right? whatever you're doing, keep keep it up, right? Uh, anyways, he ends up dating this one chick, and um, you know they have a very 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 passionate relationship. I'll leave it at that. Okay. okay. They, they were going nuts for the longest time and enjoying each other's company all day long, every day. And, okay. you know, some, someone that's older, he's older than I am. So, I mean, so when you hear that, you're like, all right, you know, this, if, if, you know, if I end up unfortunately getting divorced again, and then, then there's hope for the rest of us. Right. You know? <laughs> right, right. So anyway, so he's telling me all this crazy shit and I'm like, wow, that's like, you're like, you're doing shit that uh, I don't think I ever did when I was like 16, you know? And so anyways, um, they have this real, and, and she is a multi, multi, multi-millionaire, right? Um, self-made, has her own business and has a, you know, this mansion of a house that he was basically living at for, you know, the time while they were dating. And, um, but she also had some control issues. So, you know, he, he wasn't allowed to go out with his friends and, you know, she had to look at his phone and know like everything that he was doing Jeez. and who he was texting with and stuff like that. And he's telling me this and while it's going on and I'm like, dude, you're, you're going down a path. Like, I don't, I don't see it ending well because, you know, worst case scenario, you guys break up and it's a really nasty breakup. Like best case scenario, you end up married and you're a prisoner in your own relationship because she has all the control, right? So, and I'm just looking at from from the outsider in, I'm like, dude, this is this is not gonna end well. Anyways, it doesn't end well. They get into this massive, you know, fight and you know, whatever, and and she basically like blocks him and she has, you know, I I think it even like authorities were involved at some point in Jeez. time. So it got really bad. And, you know, she's got money. So like, you know, spending money to to rectify the situation wasn't, you know, outside of her realm of uh, possibilities. But before they had broken up, she had taken him to a car dealership and uh, she was looking at buying a totally like shredded fully maxed like ford i don't know if it was a raptor but you know basically a completely tricked out truck right, right. and she didn't catch me as kind of the truck person so i think she was kind of buying it as a carrot for him to kind of keep him around because he you know he would have this ninety thousand dollar truck that you know he'd be a part of the relationship with right so anyways um they break up and uh you know, apparently she was still going to buy that truck and, you know, it would have been for the next guy probably. Right. So the minute they break up, he goes to the car dealership and he's like, I want that fucking truck. 
<laughs> and I'm like, dude, like he's telling me about this truck. I'm like, don't, don't, don't buy that. I mean, it is a house payment, right? I'm like, don't just to get even at somebody. He's like, yeah, I know. I know it's just not the smartest thing to do. And yeah, you're probably right. You know, we get off the phone It hangs up next morning. He's like, dude, I bought the truck. It's fucking awesome. I'm like, wait a minute. You bought the truck that you kind of didn't want, but you wanted because you knew that she would be pissed off if you bought the truck because you knew she was going to buy the truck after you broke up with her. He's like, oh, I got the truck and it feels so good. How does it feel to sleep in now that he's lost everything yeah. else? <laughs> you know, there's that saying, you can't drive your house, but you can sleep in your car. So she's she's now rich, single, and pretty. Yeah, right? she was attractive. Send, yeah. send me her info later. <laughs> See, this is and why your wife should be watching the show. <laughs> I'll tell her to skip this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, see, like, I, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I can understand, like, see, I can understand him being like, oh, geez, I really wish I got that truck. Mm-hmm. And I really liked it and it would have been nice. And if I stayed with her, I would have been able to drive it. But yeah, it's just, that's getting caught up in the heat of the moment, right? And even yeah. after it's over. Yeah, I, I have, I've asked him recently, and this was a couple months ago, I've asked him recently, like, hey, how do you feel about the truck now? <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, it's great. You know, I don't drive it that much, but, you know, it's awesome. I still like it. <laughs> I'm like, all right. That's better. <laughs> He's like, I'm using the truck to plant monoliths out in the desert. <laughs> See episode one or two for that one. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So the one crazy question this week, that's your one crazy friend. This is the one crazy question. Would you rather save 100 people, but nobody knew you did it? Or would you rather be in a position to save no one but everybody thinks you saved a hundred people. I, and the answer for me is, is, is easy. I'd, I'd rather save a hundred people. I don't understand the other end of it though. Why? You know, I, I guess if you have an ego, like you want people to think that you saved a bunch of people and you want to be a hero, but no, I, I would, I would rather save a hundred people and not be known about it. The answer I feel I should give on this podcast <laughs> is similar. I feel like I should say I want to save 100 people and I don't care if anybody knows. But if I save 100 people and, I'm not, and nobody's hearing about it, I don't even care about credit. Just a story to be able to tell. Like, I, I feel like it's wasted. <laughs> Sorry for the 100 people who survive or die in this case. But <laughs> like they always talk about how a lot of criminals get caught after the fact. So like they're in jail for something else. And they can't stop talking about the crimes they got away with. And so they keep bringing it up. And so there is a, a book, Astro City is called, which I don't know if you've ever oh, read yeah, it. Oh, yeah, no, one of my favorite yeah. comics. It's The stories are amazing. Mm-hmm. And they are everything from, like, there's one story about Samaritan. He's basically Astro City's version of Superman. Mm-hmm. And because he does everything so fast, can fly somewhere fast, can jump somewhere, save lives really fast. When he sleeps, the only thing he dreams about is being able to fly for long distances because he never and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. So it's like stories like that. So yeah. there is one story. I th- I, uh, just to cut you off really quick, the um, the boys, the uh, Amazon Prime series mm-hmm. about superheroes. Um, I had heard or read somewhere that it was loosely based, or at least the idea for it came from from Astro City. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's not the same guy, but it, no, it wouldn't no, surprise me because, you know, Astro City and Watchmen before it were like, 
taking the characters and flipping them around a little bit and giving them new names and slightly different things. So there's a story in there in one of the um, volumes. It's called The Junk Man. It's actually volume two, number 10, if anybody's interested. It's not worth anything. Get it for a couple bucks online. That story, the story is about this guy who is a masterminding, does all these crimes and fully gets away with it. And while he's out on the beaches enjoying himself, it really bothers him that no one knows that he did these successful crimes. So the end of it is he does another crime that is similar and really botches it completely intentionally. So he gets caught and he has his day in court. And so everybody knows that he did those other crimes. So that that's how this question feels to me. Like, mm-hmm. yes, it's important to save 100 people. It doesn't matter if you get the pat on the back or not or if anybody knows. But the other side of it is if you save 100 people and you're not talking about it or nobody knows about it, it's a tree falls in the wood, right? <laughs> Just with 100 people's lives at risk. <laughs> so on that note, I'll ask you the question. Have you ever saved someone's life? Um, I have. So my yes and no, I guess, right? My son, when he was very young, was my wife and I had very early on, you know, new parents, nervous about everything. We took CPR classes because we're like, I want to know how to handle situations if they come up. My son was at the table and he was eating watermelon. And watermelon is one of the fruit, actually, that they talk about. It's a little bit dangerous for young kids because it can come off Mm -hmm. in big pieces. So he started choking on it and like was he wasn't getting any air. Mm -hmm. I quickly pulled him out of his seat, you know, did the maneuver, turn him over the right way, give him the pats on the back for him to spit out the watermelon. Um, So what was probably 10 or 15 seconds, but well enough, he was actually Mm -hmm. severely choking on it. Um, So, so I did that. So in that essence, so yeah, I did save his Mm -hmm. life. But the funny thing is, is like, so I was a wreck right afterwards. Like I was shaking, like the whole situation. Mm -hmm. I I unlodged the watermelon out of his mouth. And so he had two pieces in one in each hand that he was eating some of. I get the watermelon out, never let go of those two pieces. His throat gets cleared. He's fine. He's like, hey, watermelon. (laughs) And he starts eating it again from his hand. (laughs) Uh, So that, I mean, that's one where I did. And then we were on the boat. Lifesavers on the boat. come on. (laughs) Have you ever saved anybody? Um, uh, Actually, uh, a few times. Uh, I don't. I don't typically talk about them just because I'm. Um, there's just never an opportunity where it it comes up. But there's one that I will talk about because um, if my wife and I weren't where we were at this point in time, most surely this family would have probably perished. Um, I used to have a Jeep. It was a. Uh, it was like a 2012 Jeep Wrangler Rubicon, one of my favorite cars I've ever owned. In fact, I would buy this car again in the future if I ever had a a ton of cash sitting around. Um, It was just a fun car to drive. It was an off-road beast. We can just take it places that cars were just not meant to go. And so we used to go camping all the time. So we would drive uh, in Arizona. There's this big swath of like 48,000 or million acres of land called the Superstition Mountains. And there's just just plenty of places to go camping in. So I found a, a place where we can go it's about a four mile hike to the camping spot, but you had to drive like 12 miles into the mountains and you had to have a high clearance vehicle. You couldn't just drive there with like any old car, right? So we, we're driving down this road and it gets to a point where it starts switchbacking up the mountain and it's getting pretty steep. And we come around this corner and then we're only like a half a mile from the trailhead and this 12 mile road, right? 
And we're, we come up in one of these switchbacks and I come around the corner and there's a car sitting on its side, like the passenger side, like the driver is in the air. I can see the underbelly of the car and it's sitting there and it's kind of like teetering. And if it teeters one way, they're basically upside down on their head and it's going to slide off the side of the slope. If it teeters the other way, there's a chance that it's going to slide anyways, but go off the other side. So I pull my Jeep around and there's a family inside the car and there's dogs. He's got two dogs and they're running around and one of his kids had managed to climb out of the car. So I walk up to the car. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, do you like, I, I don't know what to do. Like if I, if I get out of the car, the car is going to tip over. So it's my weight is basically holding this car where it is. Um, so he's like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, I got a winch. Let me pull around you. I'll turn around and I'll hook you up this way. If you slide, I can pull you and at least you're not going to go anywhere. So I pull the Jeep around and I hook him up and I turn the winch on and we were able to pull him up. And then the car finally like lands on the tire and it starts to slide a little bit, but the Jeep weighs like, you know, 8,000. It's a heavy Jeep, right? So, I mean, it's got a whole bunch of steel on it and, um, the car lands and then, you know, we're able to pull him a little bit and it's like a Subaru, like, it's not even like an SUV. It's like, it was like the old, like, you know, like the family truckster, but like the newer version of the family truckster. I'm like, what are you doing out here with this car? Like there's a thousand signs that say, you know, high clearance vehicles only you're in like a, right. a sedan. And I said, what happened? And he said, well, we started going up the switchback of the mountain and then I just had no traction. So it just started sliding down and I was about to go off the side. So I cut the wheels and it kind of pushed me into the side of the mountain and then flipped the car over. And I'm like, dude, like, what were you going to do if we didn't come showing up? Because this was a remote trail 12 miles in. There, were no, there wasn't a line of people going to this place to go camping. So, I mean, it was pretty much us and them. So had we not come when we did, there's a pretty good chance that, I don't know, something pretty nasty would have happened. But, um, you know, we were, like I said, a half a mile from the trailhead. I'm like, do you guys want me to pull you up the rest of the way? And he's like, mm, he's like, I'm just going to turn around and go home. I think we've had enough excitement for this weekend. But it was pretty And then crazy. did he tell you, let's never tell anybody about this? So you've <laughs> saved four lives, but nobody knows about it? Yeah, but his wife wasn't there. I'm sure if his wife knew, she'd be absolutely pissed that he put all their lives at risk. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. I think it's time for the joke vault, Michael. All right. So this week is <laughs> it's, it's such a, an odd, so it's a one-liner. But when I read it today, it even caught me off guard because I'm like, what happened this day that I wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> so it says, uh, it says, do you ever wonder if Ronald McDonald was a communist? That's it. That's it. Okay. <laughs> so I, I don't know what happened that day. Maybe McDonald's fucked up my order. <laughs> I don't know why I came home and wrote that, but that's such an odd line to just write down. Well, I got to let's 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 see if we can place that. It's got to be somewhere mid to late 80s, Cold War ish before the, the wall fell and, you know, all that other good stuff. And before Ronald McDonald went away, because they're not allowed to have him anymore because it's geared at kids. Because he's a pedophile. And I, think the, <laughs> and I think the new movie, It, put Ronald McDonald to bed forever, I think. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, it's just, it's just, it was just weird. Like, it makes no fucking sense to me. Like, yeah. how angry was I that day? 
Well, at least now we've we've proven that you're not actually going off and writing new material and trying to slide it in into the <laughs> joke vault as funny stuff because that was neither funny nor new. Let me tell you, if I was writing new stuff now, it'd be killer. <laughs> so at some point in time, we're gonna we're gonna have to have, we're transition the joke vault because you're gonna run out of material at some point. To well, write here's part of the, the problem. Day. Yeah, here's part of the problem. So I look at some of them, and I'm like, this isn't worth telling. <laughs> this isn't worth telling. Some of it um, is so bad, it's funny. Like it's it's yeah. just like, what the hell? <laughs> Again, it, it goes back to it just shows being young and not experiencing many things and yeah. writing some of this stuff down uh-huh. next week, next episode. So, so you always blame me for wanting to talk about next episode in this episode. So I'm not yes. going to say a word. What are we talking okay. about next episode? So speaking of Ronald McDonald in the eighties or nineties. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next episode, I want to talk about the late night eighties, early nineties peep shows. And we'll talk about if you've ever been to one, if you did, how did you end up there? Why were you there? Um, I, I have a story to tell about it that I think is pretty funny. Right, I, I, I got to. Don't I, I, I talk about ask. it now. I have to ask. Like, are you talking about like the peep shows where you like put a coin in and the window yes. goes up and then there's a yes. girl behind it? All right. All right. Yes. Um, and it was, if I had to guess the year, it was, I was maybe 21 or 22 and I. I went with some friends to it, but that's a story for next week. Was it anywhere near Zona Norte? <laughs> no. It's no. the episode nine if you want to learn a little bit more about Zona Norte. Or is it episode 10? Damn it. We got to get better at this. With that, I'm Michael Carter. And I'm David Michael. And we are Ridiculously, Ridiculously Bored. bored.